Hey, Mike. Hey, Anna. Hey, I was thinking after we record this Zoom, shall we run to the park and with Prudence, Billy and Mr. Binks? Uh, I'd love to, but as you can hear, Billy is excited because his delivery is turning up any minute now. Oh, what delivery is that? Paleo Ridge. No way, you've done it. I have, I have. After you gave us a sample of yours, Billy absolutely loves it. And if, come here, Billy, come here. So you can see how see how his, his coat is all nice and shinier now and see in his belly. Oh, remember, look. remember I was telling you how his, it was all bald there and now it's all growing back? Yeah, yeah. I thought it would help with that because it boosts the immune system. And of yeah. course, the skin is an organ like any other organ in the body. It's exactly. the biggest organ. So he looks very white and shiny. He's very white and shiny. And uh, all that talk of rock harpoo that you were always mentioning, it's mm. actually true. So it's not quite the... Um, mess that we would normally have to clean up uh in the heath anymore it's actually quite easy now isn't it bill isn't it oh good for you billy yeah and anyway i always think roy is the best and for me paleo ridge is the best of the best so if you want to find more everybody check out the show notes are you thinking about buying a puppy and you want a happy healthy pup that's had the very best start whatever you do please don't go online and just buy one like you might get a hoover Instead, find a credible, responsible breeder. And for me, choosing a breeder with a Pup Starts qualification will ensure that your pup is born to health-tested parents, reared and socialised to the highest health and welfare standards. And that is so important. And this is why Pup Starts is unique. In fact, it's the only iPet network, level three in dog breeding, litter socialization, and puppy health and welfare. In fact, it's the only off-qual regulated course of its kind in the UK. So before you check out a new puppy, check out a qualified breeder on pupstartsbreeders.com. That's pupstartsbreeders.com. So guess what? This is our 100th episode. So what could be better than talking to Radio 2's OJ Borge about his lifelong love of dogs and a whole lot more? I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. OJ, welcome to A Dog's Life. Hello, how are you? Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, woof, woof back. Gosh, well, it was great doing uh, Midnight Mastermind with you recently, OJ, which kind of segued into realising that you are a massive dog lover. Oh, man, dogs, they're just the best. I spent years, years wanting to own a dog. But because I lived in rented accommodation when I was living in London and living around, it was it was the reason in the end that I tried so hard to buy a house because all the landlords and the landladies that I had were like, no, you can't have a dog. Um, which very much frustrated me. So it was the first thing we did when we bought a house, me and my wife, we got a dog, we rescued a dog. Oh, fantastic. But, you know, this rental situation, it's being lobbied at government, you know, at the moment, OJ, to stop these private landlords being so discriminatory against dogs. Well, it's not not necessarily discriminatory. I mean, this is a very serious take on it, but I just feel that if you're renting a house, it should be your home. It should be more the European model, which is, you know, if I rent a house off you, it's not your home. It's not your house anymore. It's my home in the sense that if I want to put a picture on the wall or on a dog or you know, whatever I want to do. Otherwise, I just, you know, you spend your entire life renting. 
isolation, feeling like you're quite literally in somebody else's house. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, this uh, prejudice and these sort of preconceptions, mm. really, that yeah. you have a dog in a property and it's going to get trashed, you know. I mean, nothing for me could be further than further from the truth, to be honest, Ojez. I'm sure your little doggy. Now, what's his name? Lebowski. <laughs> so is that from Jeff Bridges? Yeah, it's from the big Lebowski. So when we first got him from the dog's home, from Manchester Dog's home, he was called Fudge. And I didn't want a dog called Fudge. So the first name we gave him was, um, oh, what was it? We gave him a different name, Officer. We gave him a, a name from a different film, but it just didn't work very well. And people kept asking us about it. And as I can't remember the name now, it wasn't brilliant. Father. And they were like, are you calling him Father? No, it was Officer <laughs> Father from another film. Um, and then he weed on a rug we had. You know, obviously segueing beautifully from Dogs Don't Ruin Your Home to the fact that he weed <laughs> on the rug we had. Um, and that is one of the scenes from The Big Lebowski. We thought, do you know what? Lebowski is a great name for a dog. Although we were warned not to have a three-syllable name for a dog. Isn't that funny? Yes, they do say that a two-syllable name for a dog. So when you're calling in the park, you know, Fido is easier to say than for Fido. Yeah. <laughs> so you got him from Manchester Dogs Home. Fantastic. Because the, they've had troubles. They were, Didn't Manchester Dogs Home burn down? Oh, it was an awful story. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, it did. It burned down and, you know, dogs died. And I have over the years, I have actually raised money for Manchester Dogs Home because I think, you know, you know, dogs homes do an amazing job when people get dogs that they don't look after and they think it's just, you know, a fashion part of their life, especially when there is a there's a rush of, oh, let's all get pugs or let's all get whatever's. They get the dogs, realize they're more hard work than it looked like on social media. And then they take the dogs in and somebody has to look after them. And, you know, I'm a I'm a massive I'm a massive proponent of adopt don't shop if you can if it's available i know it isn't always possible for people to do this um so i have raised money for them because they do a great job although i did um i did celebrity mastermind and i donated my fee from that to manchester dogs home and i don't think they ever know it was me because i don't think i ever told them oh no well listen they'll know now because we can send them this recording oh oj no i love i agree completely with you in terms of adopt don't shop um a charity that I support a lot is All Dogs Matter. Which down in is, London. Yeah, yes. down in London. My, um, my, my fee from Celebrity Pointless went to them because I know Ira and I know Phil from years ago. Oh, fantastic. No, that's great. Well, that's, um, it's all good because I think especially at the moment, I mean, how do you feel about what's been going on the last couple of years with the puppy pandemic boom, you know, and you, wow. you've got it right. It's people looking at social media thinking, oh, look at these people with dogs. They have the perfect life. <laughs> and then, you know, because owning a dog is hard work, right? It is. It is hard work. I mean, th there's two sets of people, maybe. I mean, our dog, we got in before we had kids and we were very much those people who, you know, pseudo child and still is to a point, you know, he is definitely my firstborn. You have the people whose dog joins the family and it's a part of the family and other people who have a dog. And I think there is a difference between the two. And we've got friends who've got a dog because everybody else has got a dog. And you know, don't get me wrong, they love that dog, but it's not, it doesn't feel like it's a part of their family. It feels like just another part of their lives rather than someone who's joined them. And, and where we live through lockdown, Everybody, everybody has got a dog and it's all, I mean, you can probably guess the breed. Everybody has got the same breed of dog and we see everyone walking around with the same breed of dog and it's fine if that's what you want to do. But I, personally for me, part of a dog is, well, I, look, I love rescuing. I think you do a great job when you rescue them. And I think you always know morally over the course of that dog's lifetime, that you've done something amazing. You've taken them from a pound and you've given them a home. 
Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, my dad was the secretary of the RSPCA when I was mm. growing up, PC. So very young, OJ, I learned about some horrific animal cruelty. Oh, it's awful. I mean, you know, so, I mean, two of my three here are rescues, rehomes, and then Prudence is, um, you know, a bit of a sort of posh, expensive pedigree. But that's because I, I really wanted to bring my previous bull terrier back. Yeah. Because, you know, the saddest thing is this. Um, dogs are just not pre-programmed to live long enough. And, oh, don't, uh, don't. The things that make me cry in life are Pixar films and dog videos. Yeah. And and I read this. I read this heartbreaking meme recently, and it was talking about looking at humans from the dog's point of view. And to dogs, we are these almost immortal creatures who span generations of dogs. Not only do we know the dog now, but we knew the dog's parents and their grandparents, and their great grandparents, and we we to them are these these people and then the dogs travel over the rainbow bridge and they know at some point I don't I'll start crying because like Lebowski is now we think 13 um or maybe 12 we weren't totally sure how old he was when we got him and I am un, I'm so attached to him that the idea of him not being around whenever that may be is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking to the point where I was thinking today I wish you know when we first got him we had to have his back wheels removed I almost wish he'd had puppies so we mm -hmm. had another Lebowski I know that's the thing. So tell us a little bit more about him. What's he like? What what type of dog is he? We have no idea what type of dog he is. When we first got him, I did a pilot for a TV show with him. So he's been on a couple of TV shows with me over the years. He was on Top Dog, where he was brilliant in rehearsals, and then got tired and just barked to me entirely. I think I did Top Dog. Was that filmed up in Shropshire? Mm, I can't remember where it was. In it the middle was... of nowhere with a big house. No, it was With wasn't. Shauna, was... no. No, it was no. somewhere down south. It was lots of people with their dogs. And basically they did like agility things. And I took on Jenny Faulkner and her dog. No, that's Sorry. right. So there was like, um, you know, heats and you had to, there was a paddling pool full of balls and you had to send your dog into the paddling pool to get their ball out yeah. of a whole load of balls. I don't know, maybe I did one of the heats, but anyway, I'm sure it was top dog. Yeah. But how did Lebowski cope with the cameras? You know, was he oh, natural? He loved, it. He yeah. loved it, but only in rehearsal. And then I'd sort of <laughs> overfed him the treats and everyone's like, oh my God, isn't he, isn't he brilliant? Because he does them, some things really well. I mean, we've never really done that much training with him, but he is fairly intelligent. But he also, when he can't be bothered, he's just like, nah, not asked, and just won't listen to me. That's so But fun. we don't know. But but part of this part of this TV show was we we DNA tested him, and it came back that he was fifty percent cotton de Toulier, which is like a Bichon Frise. Yeah, uh, I know they're from Madagascar. Yeah, they're, and the, they're quite unusual. Yeah, he was fifty percent that, fifty percent Russell Terrier. But if you saw him, you wouldn't think that he looks like a Jack Russell that's eaten a lot. I mean, he's not overly fat. He just looks like he's too close to you. But he's wonderful. People say he looks like a, a cattle dog. Like a really? Cattle. Yeah. A cattle dog. Oh, but he must have fluffy bits because that's what's so uh, no, different. Not really. no. no, no, not really. He's got like a double coat. He molts everywhere. So we have to shave him, which we got told off for. Oh, no, it's so funny, though. These DNA tests, they, they reveal loads. So being a Jack Russell, though, does he kind of fit with your sportif? Because you're quite sportif, aren't you, OJ? You love cycling. So um, would Lebowski, when he was younger, follow you on the bike? No, 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 no. He um, So he if I ride a bike or do anything like that, he'll just bark at me. It really winds him up, so he'll bark at me. But we used to go running together back before my knees fell apart. We would we would go on these sort of five and 10K runs and he loved it. And he'd run so much further. My wife still takes him on sort of shorter runs. Um, and he loves it, but he'd like, 
the, the best thing he loves is you go off and you go around the woods that are near us and it'll just run off and it'll, it'll be an earth dog and it'll, it'll you know, snuffle through the, the grounds and it'll appear back out and look at you and then go back in. And I guess that that's Jack Russell behavior, isn't it? That, that going yeah. off and just going around. Yeah. I mean, I love terriers, you know, they're for me the best type of dog you can have really because they've got such personality. So did Lebowski arrive before your daughters? Yeah. Yeah. God. Yes. So, so we had him. So when we moved into our first house, we went straight away and got him. And then I think we'd had him a year. No, we must've had him much longer than that. If he's 13, my oldest daughter's eight, we must've had him about three or four years. And, you know, he sort of went from the pound to sort of come in with us and we were booking hotels. This was at the start of before I think the UK got really truly dog friendly because like over the past 10 years, hotels accept dogs, pubs accept dogs. You know, you can take your dogs pretty much anywhere. When before it's like, it was like a pre-vegetarian vegan world. Remember when you couldn't go anywhere and get a vegetarian option? Yeah, no, I so agree. I think it's brilliant. I mean, you know, I co-host the radio show on Radio London called The Barking yeah. Hour. And anyway, I, I got my first dog as a grown-up in 2002, Molly, my first bull terrier. And I tell you, it was like a desert. There was no way you could go and take mm. dogs. And then now, you know. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's it's absolutely superb. I mean, the latest hotel in London to go dog friendly is the brand new, beautiful Pan Pacific OJ. And they offer all sorts of things for doggies there. And it's just it's just brilliant. And, you know, and I love dogs in the office. And that's why this hesitancy for private landlords, I I, I really don't like it, that because it yeah. restricts people from benefiting, of course, from the is joys. It, so here, here you go. Here's, here's a question for you then. Mm. Do you think having an animal, you know, obviously dogs, because we're talking about dogs here, but any other animal, do you think it's a human right? Uh, no, I think it's a privilege to own a dog I don't think it's a right to have a dog at all actually OJ because as we say you know loads of dogs end up in rescue you know I think people thinking it's a right proliferates you know backstreet breeding puppy farms which are absolutely dreadful um, and very cruel and it encourages the underbelly of uh, the world of the human kind when you hear when you hear puppies of certain breeds going for a thousand pounds because I never having never you know I didn't really grow up with dogs and I've never purchased a dog. I didn't realize how expensive if you want, a, you know, a pedigree, whatever. I did not realize how much they cost. Well, they've gone up over lockdown, you know, because that's what I mean. The demand outs outstretched the supply. And that's when, you know, underground horrible criminals, yeah. you know, mainly based in Ireland, actually, you know, um, it is known it is the puppy farm capital of the world. And they're still shipping loads of puppies in through Northern Ireland um, up into Liverpool. And then they get distributed around the country. And people who don't know think, oh, I know, I'll buy a dog just like I buy a Hoover or something and go online. And this is where, of course, modern technology isn't helping the dog, you know, so that there's a lot of heartache. People buy puppies and they're ill and they'll die within 24 hours of coming home. You know, there's some tragic stories. So but, you know, you must admit, actually, OJ, at the minute, government are doing a lot, I think, for animal I've, welfare. I've not, are they? Yes. No, gosh. So in June in the House of Lords, there's going to be a hearing about whether we should make animals sentient so that they actually are, you know, emotionally intelligent like people, which would change a huge amount in the law, actually, because instead of considering them chattel in a court of law, like an object, a laptop or a you know, phone or something, they're now a living 
sentient being. So if if this all goes through, it's going to change an awful lot, particularly where dog theft's concerned, because that was the other thing with the pandemic. People are buying more dogs. Oh, There's yeah. more dogs everywhere. And they're nasty criminals that they could call, right, well, I've seen that Coton de Toulier over there, a couple of days running. I know when they're in the park, about 11 o'clock, I'm going to hide behind the tree. You know, and terrible scheming's gone on. Yeah. Just just on the question of animal welfare, are we talking just about dogs or all animals? All animals. Go for so, it. So what does that mean for the meat industry? Well, interesting. I know there was a piece I read in Country Life magazine going, it was an outcry from lobster farmers, actually, because they were going, look, are we going to be able to sell lobsters? Are people going, because, you know, you have to, oh, it's grim. You, you have you to boil, boil, you boil the, them live. I, yeah. know, I know, I know. Well, see, I'm, see, I'm a lifelong vegetarian. So the frustration I get sometimes, you know, and I'm a dog lover and I'm an animal lover, is when I see friends of mine and, you know, every year you have this awful, terrible dog meat festival, which oh, yeah. in China. And it's, you know, you see it via social media and I can't watch it. It, it drives me mad when you see and it, you know it just breaks my heart it's the reason i won't travel to certain countries because i just don't think emotionally i can deal with seeing the, the what happens to animals there and what i i find frustrating sometimes is people talk about dog or animals like that and you think hang on a second here but you will quite happily eat pork so you think that a dog and a pig which a pig has been proven to be as intelligent as a dog in certain ways oh we're yeah fine, no, we're, but- we're fine we're fine to treat cattle and pigs in that way but you've got this idea that dogs should be brought above them why because they've got more personality to quote it's a really interesting point it's the differentiation of livestock versus companion animals yes so i think this law obviously you know i mean it doesn't want to annoy the farming industry but i do believe you know so much uh, higher standards could be introduced to farming. I mean, it's industrial yeah. farming that's killing the planet, not sort of organic. I mean, my vet, for example, is based in Shropshire. She runs an organic dairy farm. It's amazing up there. The cows are so happy. And they've got huge land that's all lush and organic grass coming out of it. And there's just a few cows munching away. Um, and the milk's amazing. And it's really old school. Yeah. I mean, so- I, know, I know I've know, i got your off subject slightly, but I, I do... It does sometimes frustrate me when we hear about, oh, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want I want dogs and cats and companion animals to have all the rights. They should not be possessions. They should be parts of our family. And of course, they're sentient. Look at them, look into their eyes and you know they're sentient, especially when they're around you. And sometimes the heartbreaking stories you hear come out of people getting attacked comes from dogs misconstruing what they're supposed to be doing, what their role in life is, what their role is. They're trying to protect things or, or do what they've been told to do by owners. But it does frustrate me slightly when we have almost a two-tier system to how we should behave around animals. Well, I know, and it's interesting. It's an interesting discussion, OJ, because guess what? You know, one of my podcast episodes that was very popular, it was all about banning greyhound racing, because we all know how lovely greyhounds are, but Mm. they are considered as livestock, right, at the moment, which is why there's huge campaigning going on. What's a horse considered? A companion animal. Yeah, because you don't mass farm them. But you see greyhound racing is different and it slips through the net and it's allowed. Sure. I mean, horse racing um, has I know there was a horse that was in the lead, wasn't he, at the Cheltenham Gold Cup or something the other day. It was all over the news and he fell at the final hurdle and he had to be shot on the race course because his injuries were too extreme, you know, and you think, well, you know, that's really awful. So. You know, there's a lot that still needs to be done when you think how great animals are, right, OJ, and how they've shaped Mm. us over the years. We've evolved side by side epigenetically with all 
all of these. I mean, the dog was the first animal to be domesticated, followed yeah. by the horse. You know, where would we be without them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the meme is what's the meme? You know, wolf goes, I'm gonna eat your babies. <laughs> Human goes, why not come close to the fire? Wolf goes, <laughs> I'm listening. You know, and, you know, fast forward 5,000 years and we've got dogs dressed up and taking them to fancy dress shows. Yeah, I mean, it's more about 30,000 years since that <laughs> moment. But, yeah, it took a bit longer. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, what does it say about us? I mean, it's a massive debate, really. I mean, for me, I mean, you, it's great to hear that you take Lebowski out and run around and, oh, yeah. you know, and, he, and he, you know, he obviously has a, a great life as part of the family. But yeah. it's so upsetting for me to see so many people take on dogs. And I know people who don't walk their own dogs that they you know they, they, will they just have a dog walking service yeah. yeah i mean we we so the reason he doesn't have his back wheels is when we first got him a it was one of the prerequisites of, of rescuing him and b mm. we took him to doggy daycare and he loved you know like doggy daycare up here in manchester was wonderful he went and he'd have these it it run around for an entire day with a pack of dogs and it was wonderful to see and you know we'd take him in the morning we'd drop him off um, because both me and my wife were working days. And it wasn't that we we weren't walking our own dog. We, you know, we'd walk him in the evening, walk him in the afternoon. We just didn't want him to be on his own at home during the day. So we went in, we took him there. So I can understand it, but, you know, it's got to be, it, it can't be because you've got a dog and you're never going to do anything with it. I mean, we, we, we do have a friend who has got a dog and doesn't seem, I don't think, seems to treat it as part of the family. And it frustrates me. Yeah, because that's when accidents can happen. You know, there's a big piece. There was a dog that slipped his collar uh, recently, like last week in Wales, and ran into a field of sheep. Yeah, and you know what's going to happen next. This dog had no recall because it hadn't been trained or the distraction was too great. I don't know what type of dog it was or anything, but anyway, the farmer shot it in front of his owner. Can you? I mean, gosh, can you imagine no. being in that situation? Did the, and then, did, what, did, the, did the dog attack the sheep? Yeah, apparently, yes. And they couldn't get it off the sheep. And it was really worrying the sheep. And it is the farmer's right. I know. So, you know, lessons to be learned. And and this is why socialization and training dogs is so important. But mm. I think a lot of people think, oh, training, it just kills their personality. And oh, well, no, I, I, I think there are different dog training methods that I've learned over the years. I and mean, we, we've had we know we had a dog behaviorist just to make sure we were doing the right thing with Lebowski when we had kids, you know, and I've chatted to other people and through radio, too, I've mm. interviewed the dog father, I can't remember what his name is oh, now. Oh, Graham, yes. Graham, yeah, like interviewed him. And what I've always loved about people like that are they're all about giving the dog boundaries, getting the dog to work with you, rather than just having a dog which is slavishly just, you know, loses its personality. And, mm. you know, but then... Well, absolutely. I mean, that's what all dogs... Mm. I mean, I do some dog training and um, I agree. And dogs love boundaries. That's mm. the thing. Hey, Anna, sorry to bother you again. I'm, I know I'm always picking your brains, but you are the expert. <laughs> um, Billy needs a new harness. Uh, the one we have is, I think it's, it's starting to fray. Um, and I always liked the um, Prudences and, and Binksies. What would you recommend? Oh, yeah. Well, Prudence and Binks, they wear this brand called Dogs and Horses, which actually isn't based too far away from you. They're at Kensal Rise. Oh, and yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could pop over. They've got a workshop there and everything's handmade, you know, to ah. amazing standards. Oh, yes, Billy. About it already, he really yeah. is. You could go visit. And it's all like Italian ah. leather. Ah. 
Yes, it is. And it's rolled and they've got so many gorgeous colours. And they do a very groovy designed harness. And they do, you know, the leads that I really like, that yeah. are like those double clip leads. Yeah. They're so great because you can shorten them and lengthen them as you need, you know. Well, they do super ones of those, I must say. Cool. All right. So I'll swing by. But if I if I can't swing by, obviously I can buy them online. Eh? Where would I go? Yeah, yeah. It's um their website. What is it now? Oh yes. It's dogsandhorses.co.uk. What's that? So hang on, write that down. Say it again. Dogsandhorses.co.uk. Brilliant. Thanks. Good luck. Cheers. Billy, should we, should we go get a new harness? Billy, should we get a harness? What is it? Let's get a harness. Okay, okay, let's go. Are you thinking of breeding a litter? Or maybe you're a seasoned dog breeder who simply wants to refresh your credentials. For me, a program like Pup Starts Breeders is a perfect place to start. Pup Starts is unique. You see, it's the only iPet network level three in dog breeding, litter socialization, health and welfare. In fact, it's the only off-call regulated course of its kind available in the UK. So, if you're considering breeding a litter, whether you're new to this or you've been breeding dogs for years, check out Pup Starts Breeders. That's pupstartsbreeders.com. So, with your daughters, explain how Lebowski's enrich their lives. Oh, God, they love him. They absolutely love him. You know, he sleeps in their beds. We don't have a dog that we keep in a cage downstairs, you know. He will sleep wherever he goes. And the girls have only ever known him being around the house. You know, when when we first had Nora May, our eldest, um, we were told by the dog trainer, what you need to do is when you get him home, when you bring her home the first time, is make sure before she comes home, you sort of you sort of grabbing the dog's ears and sort of roughing the dog up a bit just to make sure he doesn't react to those being poked in the eye. And he never did. He's been, he is, you put him near kids, he has always been the softest, most beautiful dog. He's just got a wonderful temperament. He always, always has. And they, you know, they play with him. They sit with him. I mean, most of the time he hides out of the way because he can't be bothered. And he's hit 13 now. He's an old man. I know, I know. I, I, I love the whole chemistry between dogs and children, you know, because mm. they, they should go together like strawberries and cream. I know yeah. I was blessed to have dogs when I was growing up and, you know, and I'd train the sits and do things, play games with them, and it just boosts your confidence. And I think that's what dogs can really offer children so yeah. much. And, and you know, there's these reading schemes, right, OJ, where um, trained therapy dogs go into schools and they'll sit beside children as they're reading that. out loud and and that, you yeah, take and a dog into any workplace you take a dog in you see it all the time you take a dog into any workplace or any school and everyone becomes happier because you know they are they are pack animals they are part of the family yeah no absolutely and science proves that dog owners smile more than non-dog owners do they right? okay. yes love and that and guess what smiling uses less wrinkles than frowning so, so dogs can on. be so, like so is this true so is this true the reason if you say a dog's name it twists its head to look at you is because it's snout get in the way of looking at your mouth to see if you're smiling or not <laughs> i haven't heard that but it's good whenever you say your dog's name they should go how high so it's good that your dog looks up at you and you say your but name. not looks up it twists its head so you know the reason if you say it you talk to a dog and the reason it twists its head to look at you is so it's can it can see your mouth 
Well, yes, they read your uh, facial expressions. The thing is, what well, the biggest mistake I find um, with people and dogs is that people don't understand dogs do not understand the word no. They do not understand speech. But what they're understanding is how your mouth moves. You're exactly right. What your eyes are doing, you know, your little twitches, your eyebrow going up when you say something, your body posture, and mostly as well, your cortisol levels, because it's scientifically proven dogs can smell fear. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I didn't. But when if the kids are having a meltdown or there's arguments going on in the house, you know, with with a couple of kids, it tends to be quite high energy at times. I know Lebowski will, looks really disturbed by it. And, you know, and, it's, and it, sometimes, as my mum always says to me, you know, don't always take what a dog looks like. I mean, is this right or wrong, Anna? Is, you know, well, you can read. I mean, what dogs often say to you in dog language can be misconstrued. So yeah. when when Lebowski yawns at you, he's not tired. He is saying Getting to you. Getting really stressed, isn't he? Yeah, I'm a bit overwhelmed, crikey, maybe I should go in the other room. Oh, what's going on? Come on, finish your sausages and then we can relax, you know. Or And when he turns his head away from you in a situation, that's him also saying, I'm a little bit like stressed out, it's a bit full on, can we go home now? You know, so, and when he, another one is when he blinks at you, he's also saying, I want to go home now. And then you see you can emulate these head turns blinking to communicate with Lebowski in dog so I use that quite a lot with dog training so if one of my dogs is doing something I really don't want her to do like you know not going into her bed when I ask her to or something like that I'll just turn my head and I'll literally dismiss her you know and then she understands what I'm saying it's like hang on okay I should go into my bed now you know so it's about a two-way street and so many messages get lost in translation people can't read when they're dogs are getting stressed they can't see the early signs of when a potential bite yeah. might be happening but there's like a hundred cues before the bite if you know stiffening of the body tail carriage changing ear carriage changing eye contact going away from you licking the lips is another sign of being stressed so it's very interesting I always I really think you know we should all as responsible dog owners learn how to speak dog I love that I love that I was just trying to work out where Labas is I don't know where he is in the house <laughs> Here he comes. I mean, he comes charging through. I doubt it. It's normally, <laughs> this is normally the part of the day where he is, I don't know, he's just... I mean, the dogs have had it great the past few years, you know, during the pandemic. Oh, he's asleep in the sun. Is he outside? Oh, he's upstairs. My wife's working from home today and he's just upstairs, lying in the sunshine upstairs. Oh, bless him. Oh, here he is. Hey, Bow Bow. Hey, Lebowski. Uh, this doesn't work, obviously, on an audio medium, but I'm going to come in. No, everything works on audio. Listen, oh. Here he is. That doesn't say Bobo. Hello, Lebowski. We're going to get a photo of you, though, aren't we, with your dad for our yeah. social media asset? Yeah, yes, I'll send it are. over. Yes, please. Um, yes. So, so tell me, you know, what would you say, though, OJ, bearing in mind, we've touched on various bits of this. What would be your biggest bugbear? You know, when you're out and about and you see people with their dogs, what, what makes you raise your eyebrows? Oh, so ours, I, I guess the problem is people who have got these, you know, bred dogs, dogs that are on, and I'm, I'm trying not to say the, the breed of it, around where we are, they tend to have their dogs and their dogs behave perfectly because those dogs have been bred to be calm and they've bred to be 
just a bit useless in my eyes. Well, then you can say the breed. I don't want to. It is, yes, it is the cockapoo. And, you know, and and everyone's got one around here. And it's it's a cliche. It is a cliche that everyone has one. And you know what? Do whatever you want to do. Have the dog, but don't look at my dog, who quite obviously is a pound dog, and look down your nose at me. And I don't know whether sometimes I maybe imagine this in my mind and maybe I've... I've built it up in my brain, but the bugbear I think sometimes is people who do buy these designer dogs, who do buy these pedigree dogs, have very much a dismissiveness of pound dogs, of mongrels, of dogs that don't look as perfect as their dogs. And my, you know, my my dog is idiosyncratically whatever he is. He, there's no other dog that looks like him. No, I love it. No, I, oh gosh, I hope to meet Lebowski one day. But I know what you mean. But you see, a cockapoo. I'm mean, putting it bluntly. Is a mongrel. You know, it is a cross oh, yeah. between two different. But dogs. it's a, and, but it's a designer mongrel, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And oh yeah, I mean. Mm, Cockapoos, the problem is I see with them is that they're a highly tuned hunting dog. But the, because they look like teddy bears when they're babies, a lot of first time novice dog owners take them on and think it's going to be a cute, cuddly teddy bear. When yeah. in fact, it's a, a cocker spaniel crossed with a poodle and they're both gun dogs. Yeah. So they need to run a lot. They need to use their nose a lot. Well, there, was a, there was the cockapoo that we used to walk with in the park, which was obsessed with eating other dogs poo. Oh. So it run around and it eat this poo and it even try and buy the dog poo out of your hand oh. and it'd get it all over its mustache and he you know the guy who owned him was lovely and in the end he had to walk the you know he had to get quite serious training and go and walk on his own in places it got so bad mm. because the dog had all this dog poo over it and it'd be running at you and sort of wiping its face up your legs lovely god it was a very much a disaster but i don't know you know i just i want everyone to have dogs i want everyone to love having their dogs and just everyone to have a bit of understanding with other dog owners says me who was just being slightly caustic about other dogs but you know what i mean yeah, no, I do. No, I do. And then lastly, then, what is Lebowski's favourite thing for dinner? Oh, God, his favourite thing for dinner is whatever I'm eating. I've always said he's my food agent. And I know you shouldn't, but like he just sits with us and gets a bit of food from me. And he, when our kids were weaning, he always puts weight on because obviously food gets dropped off the off the table and he just he laps it up. And he's been, do you know what? He's not just been our dog. He's been a dog that's been part of like my my in-laws' life because they haven't got a dog, but they love dogs. They'll have him at times and he'll go and stay at their house and go to the beach. My mum's had him. My One of my best mates, when he was dating, going on dates, he would take Lebowski with him because he's always, <laughs> he could never have a dog before. So he'd take Lebowski with him and go on dates. Go. So Lebowski, Lebowski has helped him meet his now uh, girlfriend and mother of his kids. That's so funny. So the pulling factor with the dog, oh God, you know, yeah. like, mm. like seriously, I, you go through a phase, like I'd be walking down the road, pushing the pram with my kids in it. And it was like years ago, you'd think, oh, girls will come over and go, oh, look at him with his child. No, no, no. I'd walk down the road with the dog and people would be more impressed with that. Yeah, no, it says so much. I mean, I, I think you can trust dog lovers, dog owners more. What would you say? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree, actually. But um, I agree as well on feeding scraps. You know, to be honest, I'm all about feeding fresh food, you know. Yeah. Um, but dogs do like a bit of meat. I'm a veggie, though, OJ, but I do feed my dogs on meat. Oh, I'm God, a- yeah. Like the problem is, so we we would buy him like we've got a couple of really nice dog shops near us. Um, and we would buy him like awful things. Have you ever heard of a pizzle stick? Yes. <laughs> so, it took me a while to work out what a pizzle stick was. For those who have yet to buy a pizzle stick, it is a, is it a boar's penis or <laughs> is it a bull's penis? It's one of one of the two. I think you can get pig's ones as well. Okay. So so <laughs> we, we bought this pizzle stick for him. 
And I gave it him in the house. And I was like, where's it gone? Anyway, I went to bed that night. You know, I worked till three o'clock in the morning. I got home. I was I was dog tired, dragged yeah. myself in, put my head on my pillow. I was like, this pillow feels weird. It hidden the pizzle stick, the bull's penis in my pillow. Lovely. <laughs> oh, the smell. <laughs> oh, it was awful. I think I think in the end, I was like, I can't sleep here. I, I think I had to go sleep in the spare room because it smelled. I know and it sticks, it lingers, um, yeah. you know, but that's that's what they love. You know, they love those sorts of things. But yeah. oh, but OJ, listen, keep us posted on Lebowski. And um, and if you're ever down in London, we should meet up at All, All Dogs Matter. I'd love to with Ira and Phil, because I would I really wanted to. When I lived in London, they had they had um a staffie called Roxy, who I who I loved and was wonderful and beautiful. I just I tried, I asked my landlord if I could have a dog and they said no. So I wasn't able to rescue Roxy, but I'd love to. And you'd you'd be great to meet Lebowski because considering where we got him from, he's, you know, he's had quite the life and his legs are on backwards, would you believe? Because he's done both of his cruciate ligaments in and they they chopped the leg off and turned them around. Really? I wasn't listening properly to the doctor when the, the vet, when he told me about it, but it's a way of basically chop the bottom half of the leg off and turn it around. And it, it, means you don't need a cruciate ligament apparently but he still runs around he's still mobile he's still in my face so obviously it worked gosh that's interesting so are his back paws facing no 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 no, no. He's, he's <laughs> still the right way around but basically and I'm, I'm sure somebody will get in touch to tell you how i'm explaining this is wrong but they turn the bone round, which means it knocks in the right way so it doesn't need a cruciate ligament to keep it on Right, right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, it's all the kneecap, you know, it's uh, mm. like with us. Knees go. So no, his no, his paws aren't on the wrong way around. That would look ridiculous. That would be funny. And it was well, yeah, no, I know. But cruciates, gosh, you do have to watch them, and terriers are very prone to them, you know, yeah. slipping kneecaps as well. And they do, you know, that Jack Russell skip where yeah. it's step, 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 hop, step, 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 hop, you know, yeah. where their little leg goes up at the back. That's a slipping kneecap. My dog's got that a bit, but we manage it. Oh, OJ, well, listen, thanks again for doing this. And no, for thank chatting. you for having me. Thank and... you for having me and let me talk about Lebowski. No, and we'd love to have you back on and, you you know, keep us posted. And thank you again. Thank you. So that's our show, Mr Binks. What did you think? Yes, I know you liked hearing about Lebowski. Well, with a bit of luck, you'll meet him one day soon. And what's that? Yes, you're right. It is time for Woof of the Week. As we talked about with OJ, there's a huge amount to talk about with dogs, as we've done over the past hundred episodes. And yes, there's a whole lot more to come. (coughs) Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, go on, please rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts. Thanks again, of course, to OJ Borge. And all the links are in our show notes. And thanks, of course, to my producer, Mike Hansen. Find out more about him and his company at Pod People UK. And for me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now? It's free. That way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye for now.